Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. This community is all about empowering women like you to put yourself first and achieve your goals so you can live your next level life. I'm your host, Kat Horrocks, a mindset and success coach dedicated to changing women's lives worldwide in the work that I do. On this podcast, you can expect interviews with leading experts in the fields of personal development, business and career success, mindset, spirituality, well-being, and so much more, along with insights and behind-the-scenes access to my own story and the techniques and tools I use with my private clients, so you can level up in every area of your life. If you're ready to create and manifest your vision and watch your goals become your reality, then you're in the right place. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Happy Monday and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you all so much for the love in the past week. I don't think I've ever had as many um, direct messages, shares, reviews, all, all the love that you've shared since I posted last week's episode. It just means a lot. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Last week I shared my 2021 goals with you in a solo episode and one of my biggest, the biggest and scariest goal for me is I would love Put Yourself First to reach 1 million all-time downloads in 2021. So you girls are along for the ride. (laughs) This is a community effort and I really massively appreciate the love and support so I will of course keep you updated on that but keep sharing and keep you know sending the podcast on to a friend it means the world to me and it also means that this resource is being spread far and wide for more women to be impacted by it so thank you I love and appreciate you so much on to this week's interview, the first interview of the year. So excited to share this one in what for many people is a month of either like cutting back on alcohol or maybe making more of a conscious effort to take more time for health and wellbeing practices and that often includes not drinking as much or, you know, not partaking in the habits that perhaps aren't so good for us that we often tend to overdo in December. I mean 2020 was slightly different in that we weren't going out partying in December but I know for many of us, myself included, you just tend to consume more alcohol and many people take part in dry january in the uk and i'm sure across the world um it's a popular it's a popular challenge for people to take part in in january so if you're doing dry jan or if 2021 is really the year for you to reflect on your relationship with alcohol or substances um this episode is hopefully going to be really eye-opening for you and really supportive because this week's guest is the lovely Siobhan, founder of Not So Secretly Sober, which is a sober community that Siobhan started when she herself embarked on her sober journey and decided to stop drinking and she is really part of this incredible movement on social media where younger people are talking about being sober and we touch on that in the episode and I think it's really important to share because we all have 
like we all have a picture of what mental illness looks like whatever mental illness you know we're discussing and I think with addiction and especially alcohol addiction we all think it has to look a certain way or be a type of person and I definitely resonate with feeling like you know really questioning my relationship with alcohol and I've been on my own like sober curious journey over the past couple years and it really is quite scary and unsettling how um, alcoholism and let's face it also like drugs and substances are portrayed in you know the younger generations and as we say in this episode I think the generations like coming after us so god is it like gen z and gen y i don't even know anymore but anyway as a millennial and i'm sure like men i know many of the people who listen to this podcast are millennials so like 25 to 35 i would say um you know that when we were growing up it was really cool to drink. It was really cool to get fucked up at the weekend. And I think the the generations coming after us, the narrative is changing. But also I think so many more people earlier in life are realizing, oh, this substance or alcohol doesn't, doesn't fit with me, doesn't fit with the life I wanna live. And I, definitely resonate with that in many ways um as i say in the episode i still drink but i don't drink nearly as much as i used to when i was younger and i very 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 rarely get drunk and that took me a while to get there because of all of this conditioning and like the social aspect Um, So if you're struggling this month with dry January or if you've in the past questioned alcohol and questioned your relationship with alcohol and kind of looked up and around and thought, wait a second, like, is this working for everyone? Is this serving us or are we just doing this because it's the thing to do? Then I think you're really, really going to resonate with today's episode and it's going to inspire you. So Siobhan goes deep into her story. She's super open and vulnerable with us. Um, So I hope you'll appreciate that and send her lots of love and support. If If you resonate with any of this, if you get value from today's episode, please head to her Instagram, Not So Secretly Sober. It's linked in the show notes um, to support her and help her grow this incredible community she's got this year as she embarks on her first year as a as a self-employed person as a freelancer can't believe i've only just seen this at the end as well um siobhan is an incredible client of mine and also a member of the put yourself first sisterhood so we've worked together one-to-one to i've supported her and she is just a total babe and as I say now she is embarking on a first full year of doing her own thing she's made her side hustle a full-time job and she really has amazing goals for not so secretly sober this year as well so please follow her she's so lovely and I think so many of you are just going to really resonate with how genuine and honest she is in this chat so without further ado i'm so passionate about this that i knew this was going to be a long intro let's dive on in to this week's episode with siobhan o'connor founder of not so secretly sober welcome back to the podcast ladies and welcome to today's guest siobhan hello how are you doing I'm really good how are you I'm good I'm really good um for everyone listening we're recording this in December 
So it feels a little preemptive, but I also know that so many of you are going to get lots from this conversation today. Let's hope so. Yeah. So should we start with the focus that your content and, you know, community has and where that's like rooted in your own journey with sobriety? Yeah. Um, so I have um, an Instagram page called Not So Secretly Sober um, that I founded in April 2019. And I started the page because I stopped drinking in December 2018. And I was so excited and over the moon about sobriety my friends got bored about me talking about it so I made an Instagram page basically just to tell everybody how amazing not drinking was um because I had been I was a binge drinker so I'd spend I could go like say a month without a drink but when I had a drink that was it no one was going home till like six in the next morning kind of thing um and so I, when I stopped drinking, I like got my weekends back. I had so much more energy. Um, something that I didn't really notice until really recently was that I've got a much better temper. <laughs> um, and it, I didn't even sort of like connect the two, you know, with sort of like the highs and the lows of drinking and then stopping. Um, so basically, I was so excited about having all this free time and all this energy and all this money and all this clarity that I was like, I need to make a space to tell people about it. Um, and that's how Not So Secretly Sober started. Um the content, a lot of it is me sort of waffling on, telling you how amazing not drinking is. Um, sometimes it is sort of like stories about what's happened in my life and how not drinking has helped that. And other times it's really funny quotes that have loads of swear words in. Um, so um, it's quite relatable content and I try to make it sort of quite gender neutral because there's a lot of accounts um sober accounts that are just for women and um I try and sort of I think it's important that if anyone's considering not drinking or drinking less that they feel safe in they have a space that they can be um I get lots of dms about people that are sort of like having either having issues with drinking or um they want to change their relationship and I always try and help like everybody that messages me um and I'm just I'm really excited about it at the minute for the first year I was buzzing about it and then at the beginning of this year well at the beginning of 2020 I sort of lost my way with it a bit because I was like what am I doing no one cares um but I feel so energized and sort of positive about it at the minute and the community it's, it's a community really like I have made tens and tens of friends on there that I've never met but I'll message them like like I got a new dog and one of them I wanted to ring her when I was walking around the park like a, a day or two into having my dog and being like help <laughs> so um, yeah it's it's really exciting and I'm, I feel so sort of like proud and happy to be part of something that's connects people and it's really cool yeah that's amazing and I think there's something so powerful about like not just your personal story influencing you beginning that you know you grow in this community mm -hmm. but also the fact that you're young I feel like we can't skip yeah. around that because the fact is and the fact still stands especially in the UK like British drinking culture I'm just gonna say it is a fucking hot mess and like yes. we need to have a conversation about it <laughs> because young people you know and I think the like the generation after us like it's slowly becoming cool to look after yourself and cool yeah to yeah you, cool to not get fucked up every weekend on booze and drugs but yeah. that was not the case for us growing up. No. <laughs> so I think it's so 
it's so valuable to not just have that gender neutral safe space for everyone mm-hmm. but also for, for other young people and I mean like under you know under 40 really when I say yeah. under, like young people because the stereotypical alcoholic is like you know someone may perhaps like in their 50s let's say yeah who's spent their whole life drinking and has spent their whole life coming to terms with their drinking and that isn't always everyone's journey and some people you know find that point for them earlier on and that's obviously you and your experience so to see that online I think is so valuable for other other people who are coming to realizations like oh maybe I'm numbing something with this or maybe I'm going too far with this or maybe I'm not as in control of this as I thought but this is just the way it's done for this is just what a 20 something year old does this is what a 30 something year old does like that's just the culture so I think a lot of people question that voice in the head and that gut feeling saying like Mm -hmm. there's something not right here because of the way we're brought up in the UK around booze yeah Um, so I think your your story is just so valuable for other people to see and we need we need more we need more spaces like that where we can't like can't think we need to catch people earlier well that that's the thing as well that sort of touches on what you mentioned before people think like what you said about the typical alcoholic is that it's someone they wake up they put vodka on their cornflakes like that's that's what people see as someone having a drinking issue because of how like let's if we're being real like alcohol is a multi-billion pound industry for the uk and that's after they've taken off the policing that they have to do on like the weekends and stuff like that that's after they've paid the nhs bill for it so that's why it's like so ingrained and when I tell people that I don't drink because I stopped two or three days after my 28th birthday and I'd had like what you said that I'd had this feeling that I needed to stop for years like and but you the way that me the media portrays an alcoholic or someone with a drinking issue is exactly what you said someone that's older they drink every day so you're you're not programmed to think, oh, this isn't working for me because you think everyone's doing it. If they can do it, there's something wrong with me because I can't handle it. Whereas it's an addictive drug. <laughs> like that, that's what it is. It's an addictive drug and it's not um it's not as easy as someone can handle their drink and someone can't. There's also the stuff that you said about people numbing things. Like I didn't realise until I stopped drinking. So I moved to two cities within the space of five years completely by myself and was just sort of like, obviously like, oh, well, it's not working out here. Like it must be the place. I'll move, I'll move somewhere else and then everything will change and everything will be good. And it wasn't, it was my behaviour and my drinking and and it was actually my grief. And I've realised that when I've stopped drinking and then I've had therapy and read like basically every self-help book that was ever written, (laughs) um, you just realise like how much how much you, you do try and sort of like cover up with booze, but you're never shown that because for me it was just who I was it was my identity I was a party girl like if someone wanted to go out they'd ring me and I could go out like Thursday Friday Saturday and I'd still I could even if I was like be violently being sick like two hours before I was meant to go out I'd still go out um so I think that the fact that people think that they need to have like what's called a rock bottom in order to stop drinking or to change 
their relationship with alcohol um, is something that I want to change as well. You don't have to have a rock bottom. You can just have a bad night out and think I don't want to embarrass myself like that again. <laughs> Which I think we all have had nights like that. Um, so yeah, I think it is really... Um, and when you said about as well about age, a lot of the people that I know that don't drink are in their 40s. And when they stop drinking, they have a lot of guilt about like how they've like parented or um, another thing that I've noticed a lot is that their friends completely reject them and like don't invite them to things. Um, so yeah, we are lucky that with our generation, well, I'm a little bit older than you, that like we're on the cusp of like what you said of the younger people sort of getting that you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't go out every weekend and still do 100% in the week. Um, but yeah, with older people, it seems to be a bit harder. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about, about the friends thing, because I think for many people this month, you know, doing something like Dry January, or even just as we said before we hit record, like, so many people just feel sluggish and meh in January and I don't think that's a coincidence you know of course Mm -hmm. it's winter it's cold except it's dark etc but also like you've spent a whole month poisoning your body I say this as someone who like full disclosure I do still drink I don't drink like nearly nearly as much as I did when I was younger I've definitely peaked way too soon in my drinking. <laughs> same cat, same. Being a novelty. Um, but when, you know, <laughs> people often come to something like this, like alcohol, like drinking, and because there's a lot of internal shame around it in many cases, especially if you're in that place where you're thinking, I've overdone it I'm not feeling great I've not looked after myself for me to say something like that like you're putting poison in your body like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and I totally get it because I've listened to podcasts and been triggered as fuck as well but it's true <laughs> and I think to have this conversation is so important because so many people this month will be looking at that and so I know I've kind of gone off on a tangent there what I really wanted to ask was what is your advice because you must get this a lot and you've obviously gone through this I would imagine yourself as well Mm -hmm. when you're making a positive lifestyle change which includes cutting down on booze or, or going sober but it could also include stopping taking drugs it could also include mm-hmm. not going out every weekend you know it could include any number of things and you almost have this like identity crisis I would imagine oh my god all your whole social circle and your whole really like all of your relationships in some cases based around like a substance how do yeah. you start to deal with that whilst you're vulnerable anyway because you're going through such a huge transition and like detox period yourself um that is an amazing question um because when I first was thinking about stopping drinking I was like so one of the things that triggered me to stop was I read Russell Brand's book recovery um and in that he talks you through the 12 steps but he relates it to alcohol sex Um, like porn, food, everything. It makes it relatable, like the way you use your phone. And I read it because I was interested in minimalism at the time. So I was reading it for like consumerism, basically. And then at the end of each section, there's a series of questions. And I was writing them down and answering them. And one of them was, what's stopping you from stopping this thing? And the thing that I wrote down was what people would think of me and then I had to like proper check myself and I was like 
Siobhan, you spend your life telling people not to give a fuck what other people think. And here you are stopping something because all the questions as well that I'd answered were about alcohol. So that shocked me as well because I was reading it um, to be a minimalist. Um, And I was like, you're so worried about what people think. You're stopping yourself doing this really good thing. And it was, I think I read that book in October and I didn't stop until December. And so I had this proper identity crisis that I'm the party girl. I'm the one that everyone wants to go out with. I'm the one that has all these funny stories about all the stupid shit that I do when I'm drunk. Like people aren't wanna wanna hang out with me. Like I'll lose my normal friends that I have and I'm not gonna make any new ones. Um, and it's literally the opposite. <laughs> so <laughs> my friends that, um, there's there's been a couple of friends that I'm no longer friends with but they tend to be friends that I like seshed with, like partied hard with. Um, And I just, we just didn't have that much in common anymore. And it's not, it was never a bitter thing. It was just like a drifting apart thing. Um, But my friends that are like my true friends and my family, I think they were relieved when I stopped drinking because I was a drink pusher. And I was like, they would be, forced to keep up with me and when when I've been out with friends now because I still go out on well when we're allowed to pubs and clubs and stuff like that and I can have a mocktail and they can have an alcoholic drink and I'll still finish it twice or three times as fast as they'll finish their alcoholic drink so I think they felt relieved (laughs) that I wasn't there drink pushing um And the other thing is you will make new friends that are sober. Um, And that is just sort of like, it's like being in a secret club that no one knows about because you can follow sort of like hashtags on Instagram or big accounts like um, Sober Girl Society. Um, She has a huge, amazing account with loads of resources to help you. And every month she does a post called Find Your Sober Sisters. And that's where I made a lot of my sober friends. Um, So if you are thinking about not drinking, you will change if you do stop but it will never be in a negative way it will be really hard at points but it's worth it and if if you are struggling then reach out to people and as the other thing that i did as well was i shared um that i was thinking about stopping on my instagram stories on my personal account And I did it to hold myself accountable, thinking, well, if I put it there, then everyone's going to see it. But what actually happened was people that I partied hard with messaged me and was like, that's really interesting. I think that I should probably do the same. So we all think that we're the only ones that have this like internal battle with, should I drink tonight? Should I drink water after every other drink? Should I not drink this spirit because this one makes me nasty? And everyone has it, just no one speaks about it. And sometimes you just have to allow yourself to be open to those conversations or start them. Mm, I don't know if I answered your question then or not. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Basically, you might lose friends, but they probably weren't friends that you had anything in common with anyway. Yeah. Apart from drinking, which is just not a connection. <laughs> like, no. is not something to bond over. And I think from what I've, you know, what I've heard from, I know, like, Gabrielle Bernstein, who I massively yeah. love to, she's sober and something she said that really resonated with me was like forgive yourself because you needed to do that thing to survive for that up up to that point so it's the same with like connections and people that you might you know like toxic friendships you might have got into due to drinking or due to substances like you needed like for some for some reason even if it's a reason that you don't consciously know 
you needed that person to survive like you needed that thing to survive and I imagine it's such a great place to get to to make peace with that and and put it to bed and know that the friendships that continue from that are going to be so much richer and the energy that you're bringing being you know being lighter being more free like being rid of what's no longer serving you is also gonna attract amazing new people into your life too yeah 100% and with with what you just said um I I sort of reframed the question with what you just said um I lost all the fuck boys the most like toxic relationships and partners that I sort of encountered they like some of them text me now and I'm like what do you want like I'm not drunk I'm not interested leave me alone um and that is such a huge freedom as well and that like as a woman that really made me um sort of be able to revalue my worth and think about like what I actually wanted rather than taking anything if if that makes sense that is an overshare but stop drinking there'll be no more fuck boys girls <laughs> amen amen you know what, like i feel like 2021 no fuck boys allowed in general no that's a good january pack to make on yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> put yourself um, first no more fuck boys 100 <laughs> can we like dig a little deeper into your journey then with sobriety so you've mentioned um you know you've mentioned you struggled with binge drinking you've mentioned the you know you you resonated with the numbing thing like using Mm -hmm. alcohol to numb and obviously we've talked about you know how you actually came to make that decision Mm -hmm. but where does your journey with alcohol begin? With my mum's situation, so her being a drug addict and alcoholic, um, I was, myself and my younger sister were put into care from when we were nine years old. And um, it's not like a major sob story. Like we were stayed with the same foster carers from when we were nine until that's where I go home for Christmas now. And I'm nearly 30. So that's my family. Um, then when I was 14, I was in year 10 and, um, sort of contact with my mum had got less and less because she was just not reliable enough to show up. And that was sort of quite traumatizing for me and my little sister. Um, and in November, 2005, um, we got a call, um, to basically say like your mum's in ICU, you need to go she's not going to make it through the night um so we went she passed away um and then so my foster parents that I live with were they were amazing so we went to Florida with them we went on holiday with them every year like we were part of their family but they were really strict so you know sort of like where you alluded earlier that you might have been like in the park drinking at 14 (laughs) um we never had that (laughs) um we never had that so we weren't allowed out so I don't think I sort of really drank properly until I was like 17 um and that was when my foster parents got divorced and it was like a really messy divorce um and I started hanging out with these girls that were amazing and together we could all get into the pubs um and I was started sort of binge drinking from there. So I'd normally either be sick when I got in or make myself sick when I got in, not to be hungover, um, or be sick all of the next day. So literally from the off, binge drinker. Then I went to university. Um, and I'm sure everybody knows what it's like in university. Um, at the time, I lived with... Um, my ex-boyfriend but I'd still go out three or four nights a week 
Um, again, binging, lots of vomiting, lots of shots, <laughs> um, lots of pints. I'd literally drink anything. Um, and then when I was in my last year of university, uh, my foster dad, um, who was literally like my best friend, um, he got um, diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And obviously he'd been through um, the divorce with my foster mum. They weren't talking. So myself and my sister were basically all he had. Um, and as his condition deteriorated, I became his carer. So he came to live with me and my partner at the time in our one bedroom flat and I cared for him. And this was whilst I was doing my dissertation in my third year of uni. And I would still, I was still going out and getting pissed, going out with my friends. Um, and then when he passed away, I think I was just like, fuck this. Like, what's the fucking point? And I've, have you read Jonathan Van Ness's book? No, not yet. You need to read it. Um, so in his book, he says, I wasn't, he talks, he's talking about his drug and alcohol issues. And he says, I wasn't suicidal in the fact that I wanted to take my own life. He says, I was suicidal in the fact that I had no regard for my own life. So I was just sort of continually pushing boundaries, putting myself in situations that were dangerous or where I'd black out. Like there was a 50-50 chance of whether I'd black out or not on a night out. Um, I woke up three times by myself in A&E. Didn't know how I got there. Sometimes didn't have a phone. Um, and then after, oh, and then I was sort of started hanging out with people that took drugs. Um, so I took drugs sometimes. And to be fair, <laughs> when I think about it, like drugs were never an issue with me. You know, like people say when they do stuff, it like balances them out. If, if I was taking drugs, then it would be a better vibe. But if it was just alcohol, I'd just completely black out. Um, so it just sort of got to the point where I started to sort of... It, well, I, I lived in Milton Keynes before I moved to Manchester. And I was get, still wanted to go out every weekend, still wanted to do different things, go to London, go to bottomless brunches, do everything. And my friends were all getting boyfriends and having kids. And it was just like killing my vibe. So I moved to Manchester and um, didn't know anybody, didn't have a job when I moved here. Like I just left my job and was like, I'm moving to Manchester. I'll see you all later. And um, I think it was obviously the second time I'd done it. Like I said, so everybody was like, she'll be back. Don't worry. Um, and I moved in with this girl who was a rep for Perno Ricard and they are um, a drinks brand so they look after Absolute, Jameson's, um, all the big brands like that and basically I had a free pass to Manchester, I could get in anywhere, drink most things for free um, and it just got to the point where like I'd spend my whole weekend in bed like feeling like shit like thinking I blacked out last night someone said I've done this like I've woke up next to this person I don't know who they are um and it just got to a point where I was just fucking sick of it I was sick of explaining like I was sick of trying to tell stories like they were funny when they were actually scary um and I was sick of having to apologize to people for like calling people cunts for no reason or <laughs> or like getting kicked out of a bar or not remembering a gig where I paid 50 quid for the ticket um, or embarrassing my friends. And I, I just got sick of saying sorry for something that I couldn't remember doing and something that did not align with my morals or who I wanted to be at all. And then obviously I... I told you about the minimalist thing, so I was really into that. And um, I was really into um, like veganism <laughs> and like researching that. 
And I stopped, I became a vegan in September 2018. And I remember thinking like, fucking hell, Siobhan, like if you can do this, you can do anything. Like you love me and you love ice cream and you love butter and you love KFC and you're not having any of those things. Um, And then I went around the same, so it was a little bit after that September, I went to a Halloween party and my friend's cousin was there and she was sober, like AA sober. And she was having an amazing time. She was dancing. She was talking to everybody, mingling. And I was like, oh my God. So people are sober and they do have a good time. Like what the fuck? So then from there, I started going on nights out, some nights out sober and some nights out drunk. And the ones where I was sober, I'd have a good time. I wouldn't embarrass myself. I'd still dance and be stupid, but I'd remember it all. And then the times when I drank, I'd black out and do stupid stuff. So it just got to the point where I was just like, I I can't take this anymore. And I said to myself that 2019 would be completely sober. So I'd do it from January to December or the following January and then sort of do like a reset of me and my relationship with alcohol and um for my birthday my 28th birthday we went out and I'm such a basic bitch so it was a Disney bottomless brunch and it was on my actual birthday and people came up from Cornwall from London from Milton Keynes like people from Manchester were there like we all dressed up as Disney characters like we all went to this brunch um because I was vegan there there's no food that I could eat so they made me avocado on toast and this was at like 10 in the morning um I don't remember leaving that venue um then we went somewhere out like I don't remember where we went throughout the day but I know that I got us kicked out of Mackie Mayer And then everybody had to go back to my flat. So this is in December. It's like pitch black. It's raining. They've all got their costumes on. And they all just had to stay in the flat because I kept passing out, waking up, passing out, waking up. Um, And I woke up at sort of three in the morning um, in my housemate's bed with my sister. And I was like, did you have a good time last night? And she was like, no, yesterday wasn't ideal. And I was like, fuck, oh my God. So I sent everyone a message in our WhatsApp group and was like, guys, I'm really sorry. Like, I hope you're all okay. And then I just woke up and was like, I'm starting from today. I'm not drinking for a year starting from today. And um, my sister was like, but you're coming home for Christmas. Does that mean you're not going to drink at Christmas? And I was like, yeah, that's it. Like I'm tapping out. Um, and then that was it. That was, that was the end. And I remember someone saying to me, so obviously I stopped on like the 18th of December. Was that 2018 then? Yeah. Yeah. So that I think was earlier. Because it was going to be New Year, I think. So it was going to be New Year. So it was the 17th of December I started. And then I remember going to Dublin in January and my friend being like, so you're not drinking? Like, do you think you'll do it forever? And I was just like, yeah, I don't think I'll drink again. I was like, I've never felt this good in my life. And then that's when I started realising, like, all the stuff that I'd been through um, from, like, being a kid to being in my 20s like that was are you like what you said what what Gabby says that was my coping mechanism it was the only way that I could get through what was happening like I wasn't ready to process my feelings or emotions or grief and now I am nearly I'm getting there (laughs) oh it's a lifelong journey like it is um yeah thank you for sharing that what what is like a standout thing you learn about yourself through this like from that through point not drinking on? yeah um that I'm not a horrible person 
like I honestly thought I think I like I think but you would never think to meet me say so say if me and you were, were in a room with our friends and I was just chilling and just being like not not joining in just being passive letting things happen people would be like what's wrong with you are you all right because I've always been like center of attention life and soul but I just hated myself I just thought I was horrible and I thought that like people didn't like me and that I don't know I don't even know what I thought but yeah the biggest thing is that I'm not a horrible person you are definitely not a horrible person <laughs> you are a lucky person <laughs> thanks Kat so I think that story is so inspiring whatever like wherever someone listening is at with their drinking because as we've said you know it's not always about rock bottom mm-hmm. so you know one thing one thing that I I feel like is something people use to get themselves off the hook mm. is like they might listen to that story and be like oh well I'm not that bad yeah yeah oh well I'm not that bad because I only black out once a year oh yeah you know, I only do fucked up shit a handful of times a year mm. <laughs> like, and I, you know and I'm never gonna come at that from a place of judgment and neither are you of course mm-hmm. but something I recognized in myself and my own behavior when I drank too much was like that might be normal like that might be socially acceptable yeah or even funny to other people around me that doesn't make it okay or that, yeah. that doesn't make it healthy I yeah. I, com- I completely agree I think honestly Kat like me and my friend Lucy were saying actually the other day like we we tell people stories about stuff that we did and they'd laugh and we were saying I bet they used to walk off and think like what the fuck like that is not funny like that is mental um but I honestly I used to spend the whole of my Saturday telling everybody stories about stuff that I'd done and people would just encourage me and and laugh and um it's not okay this like even if if you black out once that's not okay like especially like obviously it's women that listen to this as a woman if you black out that's bad like that is scary you're putting yourself in a really really vulnerable situation and I I dread to think what happened in the blackouts I had like in one I got took home by the police and I don't know if they did that because I had done something to be in trouble or if they'd done it to keep me safe I still don't know to this day and even if you do just black out once a year that's one time too many yeah I've heard friends and you know other like female podcasters and like other other women talking about that like it's their it's their normal like it's their thing that they all and drink and I've never I've never got myself into that situation but from what I've heard as well there's no going back from that point like once you black out drinking it's like a switch in your brain really yeah apparently I don't know what the like if there's scientific knowledge behind that but I've heard that once once you have like one eat one occurrence of black blacking out drunk it's almost like a switch in your brain mm. and more susceptible to it in future. So just to clarify as well, for people that are listening, if you don't know what a blackout is, it doesn't mean that you pass out when you're drunk and you're unconscious. So a lot of people don't, well, a lot of people that I know that are sober have only just realised a year or two later what it is. Um, a blackout is when your mind and your body and your mouth are moving but you you're not in the you're not in the driver's seat you're not in control of what's happening and the following day you will not remember it so it's it's not passing out it's literally your brain's blacked out and everything else is still going still moving forward yeah yeah what would you say to someone right now who's listening 
and had like a knot in their stomach or some kind of intuitive hit when we were talking or a thought in the head like oh fuck like this is this is triggering me this is bringing something up like I know that I have done that or I have struggled with that what would you say to them um first of all I'd say you are not the only person that feels like this and like please try and recognize that feeling and like listen to it it might not be that you stop drinking straight away it might be that you try a couple of nights out or if we're still doing bloody zoom quizzes by then that you do a couple of them without having a drink um be kind to yourself there's no point in you sat there like beating yourself up for stuff that you've done it's not going to achieve anything like and it's really easy for me to say that but I still cringe at stuff that I did um and also like it doesn't have to be really bad stuff that makes you want to change your relationship with alcohol um it could just be like anxiety is a real thing like alcohol alcohol does that to you like causes like all these different chemical reactions in your brain and in your body that we're not even sort of told about or aware of like you might just have a glass or two of wine or a glass or two of whatever you drink and wake up with like a foggy head and feeling like oh did I send someone a bit of a funny text last night um that's a normal feeling you're not by yourself alcohol makes people do those things and it makes it causes those reactions in your body so try maybe do some research look on like sober pages on instagram read books dm me like whatever you need to do but be kind to yourself love that one of the things i love about you know I would say I'm like sober curious because I'm not teetotal I saw that you um, reviewed you reviewed Ruby Warrington's book right on your YouTube channel yeah yeah so that that was the starting point for me Mm -hmm. Um, and it was funnily enough it was reading that cutting out alcohol for like the first third of 20 I think it would have been 2018 as well funnily enough 20 and then drinking again and then it feels so much more like noticeable when if you're drinking like a little bit every like you know every other weekend or every weekend Mm -hmm. it's like normal to feel groggy or it's normal to feel for me it was anxiety 100% um sleep is like my (laughs) I'm sure you've heard me rabbiting on about this like sleep is my number one thing in life and it it affects everything so I can't drink and sleep well so that for me that's also a science thing as well by the way yeah definitely that's like a, such an easy trade-off for me like why would I have two drinks if it's going to affect my sleep um something else that I've discovered about myself and this is again TMI but I know you spoke about like fuck boys before yeah my my sex life is way better sober like I have better orgasms I feel more in the moment I feel like physically sexier which sounds counterintuitive because you'd think when you're drunk you're more confident but it for me it was more like, like it's more like about being present and being in my body yeah um there's just so many random things that you're like oh you look back and think oh life is much better now in this like small area so what are yeah. your what are your like fate what were your favorite like realizations and little moments like that about being sober mine was literally the time cat not even the time that I spent drinking but the time where I could do things because like literally when I was hungover I couldn't get out of bed um the first year that I stopped drinking I did the couch to 5k and did um a race for life whereas I'd always told my body I couldn't run 
um since i've stopped drinking i've had one sexual partner whereas before was a lot more <laughs> and so going back to what you said about sex like that's a, a science thing as well like a biology thing like as a woman when you're not drunk or drinking you get like you pr you pr produce more lubricant and stuff like that so it's science um yeah sex is so much better sober um, I actually can't have sex when I'm drunk now because I just know it's not going to be as good I think as well like it's really disorientating like there's the rooms already like could be spinning like you don't need any more like <laughs> motion going on um I think as well like writing um obviously I started the the sober page I write a lot on there um I found so many passions that I thought I wasn't good at or wasn't interested in um so I'm obsessed with audible and I've I, that's also taught me what kind of learner I am which through school and stuff I don't know why anyone didn't pick up on it like I can learn the lyrics to a song like after listening to it two or three times like I'm obviously like and if I go to like a museum then I need the audio tour rather than trying to like stare reading at things um so books just I've just become like a massive nerd um I'll end walking and being outside love it and I um, always say to people, like Siobhan from two years ago, would absolutely hate Siobhan today <laughs> because it's literally like the opposite, um, like night and day. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think as well, like people, I, I tried like watercolors, um, like I bought Sharpie pens and postcards to make people little cards. I'm much more thoughtful and kind. Um, yeah, I'm funnier as well, which I know is really hard to believe, but. <laughs> yeah, it's like that counterintuitive thing that I said, but it's yeah. so true. My, my yeah. sister always says like, you... sorry, go on. No, you go. I was just gonna say like, sober people who struggled with drinking and then stopped drinking, like mm -hmm. you become more fun. Like I am more fun yeah. to be around because I'm being like authentically me and I'm listening to my body and I'm you know trusting my gut which is saying like we don't like this don't don't yeah. do this 100% and with that as well like being your authentic self like my sister always says like you're so much weirder now you don't drink and I was pretty weird anyway like I think it just numbed like my spark and I think as well like if you're a sober if you're sober not a sober person but if you're sober and other people are around you are drunk there's a point where you notice the spark go out of people's eyes and you're like that's not them anymore mm. and so I would do that after one or two drinks or I'd get a taste for it and be like right <laughs> who's having what um so yeah also I'm less of like a bully like a drink pushing bully which I think everyone appreciates yeah yeah so it's January and I think a lot of people will have clicked on this episode I would imagine because they're either looking to cut down drinking or go sober either for January or just in general for 2021 so shall we finish with your like best should we say like top five tips for dry january if anyone's doing it yes um so first tip is um find someone or something to hold you accountable to it because i used to do dry january's or sober october's all the time and by the first weekend i'd have sacked it off so either find someone else that's doing it or a cheerleader. Um, the second one would be like find things to do. So you're gonna have a lot more free time. So either think of some books that you wanna read or like if you're into games, a game, like a, my little sister loves Animal Crossing um, or like a course that you wanna do. Find something or a few things that you wanna do with your extra time. 
the other one would be even though it's January try and get outside um because it will always make you feel better um and try and enjoy the time that you wouldn't be hung over by going outside as like an extra bonus with the money that you save buy yourself treats like don't spend dry January being like dry in every way like you need to find joy in things and dry January shouldn't be a punishment or boring it can be really fun um and the last one is just believe in yourself mate you can do it you can bloody do it hell yeah it's a mindset shift isn't it 100 percent. like you know if you if you go into it like oh, i'll probably give up halfway through then that's the reality you're affirming so think high, like speak highly speak higher of yourself yes 100 percent. you can do it if I can give up drinking, then you can do it for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right, quick round. So question number one of the quick round is, if someone's listening to this episode, what's one action or message you would love for them to take away? That if, if you are considering changing your relationship with alcohol, you can definitely do it. Um, I would consider journaling about it and writing about how it makes you feel um, and then just look at it on paper. Mm, really powerful. And the rest are filling the blank. So the next one is a goal I am working on right now. <laughs> a goal that I'm working on right now is turning my amazing Instagram community into an even more amazing business. A resource that I am loving right now. A resource that I am loving. Does it need to be a sober one? Or can it be any? Anything. A resource that I am loving right now is Cat Horrocks and the Put Yourself First Sisterhood. <laughs> it's giving me life. <laughs> I did not pay her to say that. <laughs> love it and the doors open again soon (laughs) (laughs) last question is putting myself first means putting myself first obviously means not fucking drinking mate (laughs) love it (laughs) thank you so much i really really appreciate you sharing your story in in such an open book like vulnerable way i think it's gonna really land with so many people I know that if I'd heard this exact conversation like two years ago it would have been exactly what I needed to hear so thank you please me. plug yourself um shout yourself out promote your stuff like tell us where people can go to follow you so you can find me at not so secretly sober um I was gonna do you know what old ladies do when they're like all one word all lowercase (laughs) um on Instagram so not so secretly sober on Instagram um there's lots of sort of IGTV videos that are really helpful um lots of them where I overshare um and also just amazing content I've also got a mailing list um and by the time you listen to this there'll hopefully be some other things going on as well but yeah I'm sure you'll be very active on there in January yes um, with more support so if you've enjoyed hearing Siobhan's story and yeah you you're craving more community and support right now then definitely get involved do it you you have a podcast as well don't you yeah but it's not out yet so it's okay no it might be out by the time that they listen to this but that is I don't know if I should say the name or not. It'll be on my Instagram. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's really fucking cool. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Kat. If you are here at the end of the episode, I am sending you so much love and gratitude for spending your time listening to the podcast this week. Make sure you're subscribed and following in your podcast app so you don't miss the next one. 
I would love for you to share your biggest takeaway from this episode with me on social media. So if you're over on Instagram, please tag me in your stories at cat underscore horrocks or just send me a DM. And if you agree that the impact and message behind the Put Yourself First podcast needs to be spread far and wide, please rate and review Put Yourself First in Apple Podcasts and share this episode on to a friend. To discover more about the Put Yourself First community, including how we can work together, head to cathorrocks.com or if you're on the go, check out the show notes for the links that you'll need. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to put yourself first.